This is Valley Views, our weekly conversation with influential and interesting folks from around the Wet Mountain Valley. Today on Valley Views, we're visiting with Valda Tarads, who's a hydrologist and certified groundwater professional. She spent half of her career in the private sector working on environmental investigation and cleanup projects, and the second half of her career with the U.S. Bureau of Reclamation in Albuquerque, Loveland, and Pueblo. She's been a property owner here since 2000 and a full-time resident since 2010, and of course has developed an interest in the geology that underlies Custer County. Valda currently works with San Isabel Land Protection Trust concerning issues affecting long-term water sustainability. Valda, wow. Welcome to the program. Thanks, Gary. Now, where did you go to school to study geology and hydrology? Actually, uh, I studied biochemistry as an undergraduate in Catholic University, and then I went to New Mexico Institute of Mining and Technology to study hydrology with an emphasis on groundwater. Okay. Now, groundwater is a huge topic these days for obvious reasons, and we're going to get into that. We should say right up front that next week, as this airs, you are speaking at an event hosted by San Isabel Land Protection Trust. When and where is that? We're going to be having a meeting on Tuesday, October 22nd at 6 o'clock p.m. at the Cliff Lanes, and we encourage everybody to come and learn more about water. And what will be the basic emphasis of that meeting? We're going to follow up on a meeting we had in June that talked about the alluvial and fractured rock aquifers of Custer County. And in this meeting, we're going to focus on the fractured rock aquifers. So we're inviting all individual well owners, because those are the primary users of the fractured rock, to come and learn more about how their wells behave and misbehave and learn about opportunities in the future to do some additional monitoring of our aquifers. Why is water getting so much attention lately? Well, we all share our water resources here in Custer County. Whether you're in the alluvial aquifer or in the fractured rock aquifer, we're all pulling from the same source. And how we manage that water is going to determine our quality of life in the future here. Water underpins our economy as far as the ag and the ranch lands. Uh, It provides our municipal supplies, and then, as we already mentioned, there's a lot of individual well owners, a lot of whom are in the fractured rock country, that all rely on this wonderful resource we have. We don't want to get into uh, too much jargon here in 15 minutes. We're strapped for time, but two terms central to any discussion are porosity and permeability. So porosity describes the available pore space or potential storage that's available for fluids, and permeability is how those spaces are interconnected. And you mentioned alluvial and fractured reservoirs. Uh, So when I think of an alluvial reservoir, it's like a bunch of golf balls, and the space in between is where the water might sit in a very simple, simplistic piece. But those of us that live on top of the Precambrian, which is poorly porous at at the best, uh, it's all about the fractures. So they're quite different reservoirs. Yes, you might consider a fractured rock to be somewhat akin to concrete blocks separated by mortar. And the concrete blocks would be the fractured rock, and they don't contain that much water. The water is really stored in the space that would be occupied by the mortar. 
And so those connections are going to matter very much. So how much you can get from a well is going to depend on how well connected your fractures are. Now, why is water in Colorado so complicated? We have the physical system, which is governed by the laws of physics. And then we have the laws that humans have created around water. And the two don't necessarily match up. So Colorado, as a headwater state, has to deliver water to surrounding states. And mm-hmm. they do, there are agreements about that called compacts. And to make sure that we deliver to other states, we have to regulate our own water uses. And so surface water is the primary focus of water law in Colorado. Groundwater came in much later, and the groundwater laws are a bit of a hodgepodge. So they don't always match up with the physical reality. And even in things like augmentation plans, the emphasis is making surface water users whole, often at the expense of groundwater. Mm -hmm. And so that's one of the concerns that we have about the augmentation plan that's currently on the table for Custer County. Let's talk a little bit about Custer and Fremont counties. What what do we know about the hydrology and the water in in our area here? So you can think of the aquifers in our region in essentially as two different types. We already mentioned the alluvial aquifer, which is the sand and gravel aquifer. It's located primarily west of Highway 69 and extends to the foothills of the Sangres. And it's a it's our big economic aquifer. It provides a lot of water to wells for ag, for irrigation. It provides the municipal supplies for Westcliff and Silvercliff. It is our big economic engine. It's also, because of its depth and thickness, it's between 1,200 and 6,700 feet thick. There's a lot of water in storage. And so it can be a target from front range communities looking to add more water. And we've seen that in our valley with the H2O ranch. Mm-hmm. Now, the fractured rock aquifers are located primarily east of Highway 69, extending on up into the wets. And there we have a a lot of different rock types, but they're all reliant on that fracture storage to yield water to wells. And they don't yield a lot of water, so they're suitable for individual homeowners, but they're not really the economic aquifer in our valley. If one pictures driving through Hardscrabble Canyon, you can get a picture of how dense that Precambrian rock is that we're talking about where the fractures are. Yes, you can see it in the outcrops. You can see the density of the fractures, and it's it's not that closely spaced, a lot of broken up rock. It's pretty intact rock with just minor fractures. So right, right. think about how you might <laughs> pull water out of that. Exactly. Now, why is San Isabel Land Protection Trust involved with the water? San Isabel Land Protection Trust is about supporting conservation easements that protect land, water, and wildlife in perpetuity. So forever is a pretty long time, 
And we have an interest in the sustainability of our water supplies because that would, that's what adds to all of the quality of life in our valley. It underpins the economic value of the lands and it supports the ecosystem, the wildlife, the birds. And that's what makes our valley so attractive. Let me remind folks that we're speaking with groundwater hydrologist Valda Tarauds on the topic of water. Valda, is our water use sustainable? That's a critical question to all of us who live here. And that's a question we're hoping to answer. And one of the things we need to answer that question is more data. The U.S. Geological Survey has been monitoring the alluvial aquifer west of Highway 69 since the 1970s. And so we have a fairly good period of record there. And we are starting to see some groundwater level declines. And so we are starting to have an impact. Now, whether or not we are losing the sustainability of that big alluvial aquifer, that has yet to be evaluated. In the fractured rock aquifer, unfortunately, the USGS only did a short period of monitoring from 2002 through 2011. And since that time, we've had no groundwater data available. And is monitoring of wells an easy thing to do? It's gotten easier with time. It used to be that you would have somebody go out and physically undo the well caps, put measurement devices down the hole to get to the water table. You might have some interferences with with pumps and electrical Mm -hmm. equipment. Uh, There are new technologies out there that use an acoustic method. They sit on top of the well cap. You don't have any contact with the downhole components. And the signal that measures the water level is sent through the internet up to the cloud. And that offers individual well owners an opportunity to see what their individual well is doing. You can network that data to create a monitoring network that gives you a broader picture of what happens with the aquifer. And those are some of the things we're going to be talking about next uh, Tuesday, the 22nd. And we're hoping well owners will, will come and listen. So that meeting is a good way for folks to educate themselves. In broad strokes, what are the water well depths in, across the valley? We have a median depth of about 325 feet in the fractured rock areas. In the alluvial areas, typical wells are usually less than 100 feet. There are a few commercial and irrigation wells that go deeper, but we're really tapping just the the surface of that alluvial system right now. As we talk about this upcoming meeting, uh, who would you love to see there? So we would like to see Fractured Rock well owners come and learn about how they might volunteer their well to be part of a regional groundwater monitoring network. And that would help everybody learn more about whether or not our aquifers are sustainable, whether or not we're already overusing the resource, or um, how your individual wells are doing. If we can get enough interest, then we will start looking at developing some grant applications that might help us fund that type of a network. But we're first trying to gauge whether the community is interested in doing that. Okay. And a little bit about your background as we run out of time. You worked in Albuquerque, Loveland, Pueblo uh, during that during the second half of your career, you said. What sorts of things were you doing there? With the Bureau of Reclamation, I was looking at the operations of the Rio Grande. So from Colorado, New Mexico, down on into Texas and Mexico, 
we were looking at how we were managing our reservoirs in coordination with the Army Corps of Engineers and the New Mexico Interstate Stream Commission. And we had endangered species there that we had to consider in our management. So the Rio Grande silvery minnow and the southwestern flycatcher. Here in Colorado, uh, I've been involved in a number of projects across the state. Uh, the Arkansas Valley Conduit from Pueblo Dam out east to the border with Kansas. It'll be a new water delivery pipeline. Working on the Frying Pan Arkansas project, doing the water scheduling, water accounting, water rights work associated with that project. And then up north, um, worked a little bit on the Grand Lake water quality program. So I've had a, a bit of exposure around the state. That sets you up well to help out uh, here locally. So uh, thanks for doing that. Anything else folks should know before we uh, run out of time? Uh, just please remember that we all share this wonderful resource of water in Custer County and that how we manage that water is going to determine the quality of our life going forward. And... How do you personally feel about the population and sustainability? Do you get worried as we add more houses uh, over in the fractured zone? Or? Density increases in the fractured zone are definitely a concern. And so that's one of the reasons we'd like to get a monitoring network up and running sooner rather than later so that we can understand the impacts. Valda, thanks for uh, stopping by today. You bet. We've been visiting with Valda Tarraz, a hydrologist and certified groundwater professional. She's working with San Isabel Land Protection Trust. And there's a meeting Tuesday, October 22nd at 6 o'clock at Cliff Lanes in the community room there. My name's Gary, and we'll see you next time on Valley Views. You've been listening to Valley Views on KLZR 91.7 FM. Valley Views airs Tuesdays and Thursdays at 7 a.m. and 4 p.m. and again on Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Send your ideas and comments to comments at klzr.org. Valley Views is produced by the volunteers of KLZR 91.7 FM. I'm walking on a rainbow with my feet on solid ground. 